Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Eighth pitch of the at back. He struck him out with the fourth ball. Sango with seven strikeouts, each one of them with that dastardly Hey everyone and welcome back to the first Shea Station podcast of the 2023 regular season. It's episode 151 and what a good series to kick off the season. The Mets take three of four from the Florida Fish down in Miami. They are currently the best team in baseball so maybe we should just end the season right here and now. I'm one of your co-hosts Jack aka Jolly. Joining me from Ohio is Jerry Blevins who is in SNY Studios this past weekend. Jerry, how you doing? I'm wonderful. I am in Ohio. I got to come home for a few days. Uh, I get to see my my brother. His, he's coaching my alma mater's high school uh, varsity baseball game that's tonight that I get to go watch. Huge. Opener. Uh, and then I'll be back out in at City Field for the home opener. Um, the pregame postgame crew will be out there like we always are uh, opening day and then in the postseason kind of set up. So Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, you'll be there as an employee. I will be there as a drunk fan. I'm excited for that. Probably <laughs> hopefully crash. not that early. You're I mean, be no, drunk. not at like 1 p.m. sharp. But we're gonna get there. there you Jared. go. Come on, it's gonna be a fun day. I yeah. mean, a beer. Like, what do you like? Are you gonna? What's your attack mode on the new ballpark with the new food, new beverages? Mm. You gonna trying to sneak into that speakeasy? What are you gonna do? I'm not gonna go crazy with the food because a lot of it looks like it would take my life if I actually ate it. But you know, I'm probably going to go in with a tall boy strong. I'll be up in the heavens in the 500s because that's where my oh, seat's nice. at. But I'm excited for that because that's a, I really like that view of the ballpark. I feel like there's no real bad seat in City Field. But uh, it's the first one of the year, so you kind of have to go hard, Jerry, you know? Yeah, I hope I hope so. Like, that's fun <laughs> getting out there. Yeah. Um, it's the – there's so many, like, new attractions at the ballpark and a speakeasy and the K corner. Oh, I'm excited for the K corner. That's going to be yeah. good. Actually, something to do before and after the game, which is brand new to Mets fans. I guess newer Mets fans for sure. Um, That's what they've been trying to do that for a while. I know. Um, build up the the kind of neighborhood, get a city field, you know, Ville, not a Wrigleyville, but right. like, yeah, but there's, you know, there's some environmental hazards. <laughs> that they they li- literally, you know, the ground is toxic kind of thing yeah. that they have to work through. But um, that's a good start, man. The before and post game. To kind of give somebody, you don't have to rush out. You're not in right. the middle of traffic if you want to take your time. It, it's it's smart. Lots of good new things coming from the Mets this year. A lot of good new players got to shine in Miami in this past four-game set, which I am going to rip through a recap of right after I tell you one of today's sponsors, because there is multiple, because Shea Station is hot in the streets. One of those sponsors is DraftKings, as always. Guys, baseball season is in full swing. If you tuned into the opening day stream over at JM Baseball, you saw us doing a lot of live bets, having a lot of fun with that. So whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered all all season long. Right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets. If your team wins, you can use that bonus bet money on some fun same-game parlays. So right now, you should download their free and easy-to-use app now. Uh, join the action on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Use code SHEA, S-H-E-A. It says it on the overlay because that's the name of the show. New customers bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and jerry without further ado are you ready to kick off the first recap of the season oh i'm pumped let's go jack hit the music i've been dying to hear it for months guys opening day a matchup full of a couple of nobodies 
How about Max Scherzer and reigning NL Cy Young Sandy Alcantara? They dueled it out for the first five innings. It was 1-0 Mets thanks to a Brandon Nimmo sacrifice fly. Later on in the sixth, it was 3-0 Mets. Lindor adds a sack fly of his own, and Jeff McNeil, who was very pesky in the series, adds an RBI single. Max Scherzer looked sharp in the start, made a couple of mistakes late in the sixth inning, but ultimately turned in a quality outing. He surrendered doubles to Stallings, Arias, and then a home run to Garrett Cooper in the sixth, but ultimately... Six innings pitch, three earned runs, six strikeouts, and just the one home run allowed. He had 13 whiffs. He looked pretty good on this day. Uh, Nimmo's two-run double off Tanner Scott gave the Mets the lead later on. He finishes the day with three RBIs. And the bullpen kind of gets some shine. Drew Smith, Brooks Raley, and David Robertson combined for three scoreless innings in their first real test of the new Mets bullpen. They strike out six and allow one hit. The Mets win the game 5-3. to three. David Robertson gets his first save with the Mets. All good things on opening day, but kind of not so much on game two. The Mets would lose game two, two to one. David Peterson was battling traffic throughout this entire start, although his final game line was pretty nice. Five innings pitched, one earned run, but he did allow eight hits and a walk during that, including a home run. Jorge Soler was the star of this game for the Miami Marlins. He crushed a second inning home run off Peterson and later robbed Starling Marte of an RBI hit that would have tied the game for the Mets. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, who the Marlins acquired in the Starling Marte trade a couple years ago, was absolutely flawless in this game. He allowed just a hit and two walks through five scoreless innings. He looked really, really good up until the sixth where he kind of ran out of steam. The Mets had a bases-loaded two-out opportunity, but Pete Alonso lined out to deep center field. They got nothing from that. And then Jazz Chisholm absolutely pipped a, uh, pimped a home run in the eighth inning off John Curtis to make it 2-0 Marlins. Pete Alonso gave the Mets their first home run of the year in the ninth inning off A.J. Puck, but it was too little too late, so the Mets lose that game too. But they bounce back in game three. Tyler McGill, my guy, looked pretty good. He held steady during his season debut, five innings pitch, two earned runs, seven strikeouts, just the one home run to Nick Fortes allowed. So he looked great, gave the Mets a chance to win instead of Justin Verlander, which is pretty nice. Omar Nervias batting out of the nine hole, the new catcher on the block. He had a pretty nice game here. He had two RBIs with a sack fly and a fourth inning RBI single. Mark Canna, though, was the star of this game. He came a triple shy of the cycle, homered off Braxton Garrett in the seventh. So he had a great day after a couple shaky first two games, which was nice to see. Over on the other side, Luis Arias was an absolute pest this entire series. He went four for five in this game. He is going to be annoying all year long, but the Mets bullpen held it together again in this game four shutout innings four hits allowed one walk five strikeouts that was Dennis Santana Drew Smith Brooks Raley Adam Adovino and David Robertson they got the job done Mets win game three six to two and then in the finale Kodai Senga's debut I got the Senga shirt on today shop.johnboymedia.com if you want to get one yourself but things were looking shaky at the beginning Kodai Senga allowed two hits and two walks in the first four batters didn't get an out but he battled back. He threw 35 pitches in the first inning, but still turned in a very quality outing, settling in after that. Five and a third innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts, all on the ghost fork on the day. After that first inning, he allowed just 52 pitches after the fact, one hit and one walk. And the Mets offense was quiet up until the fifth inning where Tommy Pham turned in a really good effort. He crushes a two-run home run, and later on, he doubled home run in the seventh. He went three for four with three RBI, a stolen base, and a walk. He shined in game four, and the Mets bullpen got it done again. Dennis Santana, John Curtis, and Steven Nagosik, first outing of the year. He goes two innings to finish this one off and seal a 5-1 to one win. The Mets take three of four in Miami, and they head to Milwaukee feeling pretty damn good. Uh, feeling pretty damn good, I think, sums it up. Yeah. Uh, you want to start with Senga? I, I feel think, like we got to, right? I think so, too. Um, I was really impressed. I, I was I was felt the nerves. I could feel the, <laughs> the anxiety because of the first inning. You want it to go smooth. It doesn't always go that way. Um, but what he did do was settle in. He had yeah. a run in, bases loaded. It's already one nothing. Nobody out, and he escapes it. Yeah, one run, and then he cruises basically from there. He had some some control issues, which is gonna happen. That's kind of been his story of his career. Um, but man, did he look good! That the ghost fork looked amazing. His fastball touching ninety nine at times. I was really impressed with his cutter, mm. which is something that he's been working on. He's been throwing it like ninety to ninety two. Uh, I think that's going to help him a lot because as good as that fastball velocity is, it's a very 
visible fastball. Right. So is the velocity is great. He knows how to spot it, but the hitter sees it out of his hand a lot of the time because of the way he delivers it. Um, but I was impressed, man. I, I liked his poise. I liked his mound presence. I liked the stuff too. That that ghost fork as advertised, man. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it was everything you could have dreamed for. And I'm really glad that he wasn't afraid to throw it. He was really showcasing his best weapon there. And from the get-go, even though he was shaky at the beginning, it looked like he had his best stuff. He was topping out at 99, like you said. He didn't throw that cutter that much, but when he did, it looked really good. And the sweeper got some whiffs as well. But the main story was definitely that ghost fork, which he got all of his strikeouts on, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it It was devastating. It's You know, he uses it like a changeup, which he should. It's like his, the way he holds it, it's a, it's the same as uh, Carrasco's split change. Right. It's the difference is how he delivers it with his wrist placement. Um, it's it, it was good, man. It was very good. And coming off that fastball where guys have to gear up, uh, I think it's going to be a real weapon. I was I, I was happy with what I saw. I think he's I think he's going to be, you know, the hype is real. Yeah, I, and it's re, it's reassuring after losing Verlander on opening day to know that you're going to have some sort of firepower weapon right behind Max Scherzer going forward. Um, two things I want to highlight. One is that, like you said before, the first inning jitters were real for Kodai Senka. He said that his legs felt like ghosts, which I thought was pretty funny, kind of on the nose <laughs> a little bit there. Uh, but one other thing I really want to highlight is that a lot of the guys, as Kodai said, gave him a lot of confidence through their words, especially Francisco Lindor. He highlighted Lindor kind of settling him down and reassuring him. And I think that's important because, you know, he is the new guy on the block. There is that language barrier in between. But I feel like the Mets teammates really came together and helped, you know, settle him down. And in turn, he turned in one of the best outings we've seen so far in the young baseball season. Yeah, I mean, uh, that does. There was a lot of times where, by the way, Lindor, I'm, we're going to talk about him. That defense? Because, oh, my wow. God. <laughs> but uh, he's still making his big league debut. Like, he's right. an established star, a Japanese star. But this is the big leagues. This is the show. This is a, a debut. This is a culmination of a dream of his. There's still some like, do I belong? Right. Is this going to be there? And and to see him kind of struggle and then lock it in and see the team kind of rally around him and then seeing him mingle and on the in the dugout, super cool. Yeah. I was very very impressed with you know this this team gels well and. He's not letting a language barrier get in his way, and the the rest of the Mets aren't either. They're using that translator. They're it, it, it's it's an awkward interaction when you don't know like who to talk to, right? You know what I mean? But they're forcing it upon each other. Like it, it's just very refreshing. Uh, and from a strictly baseball stuff, uh, if he stays healthy, you know the way they're going to monitor him. I, I really like to. I love that. I really love that cutter. Mm. I think that's going to be the the difference between him having major success here and him being pretty good. I agree with that. And uh, yeah, it went from an all time kind of nightmare start to something that was oh, really heartwarming by the end of it, which is awesome. And uh, that win does not come together without four innings from the Mets bullpen, who had a really, really good first showing in this first four-game set. A lot of things could have went wrong, but at the end of it, it was just the one home run to Jazz Chisholm from John Curtis. That was the only run any of the relievers led up, and everyone kind of did their part, which was really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dennis Santana came in and, and looked good. How about I was him? very impressed. Late pickup. Yeah. Um, but everybody kind of played their own part, got a couple of innings from a couple of different guys. Tommy Hunter looked good. Uh, Nagosik we talked about Drew Smith like there was a point where where Drew Smith and his in the first game talked about Justin Verlander coming up to him and reassuring him about his fastball using it in the top of the zone they talked about it in spring training Mm. amazing yep that's an awesome sign um very impressed by the bullpen yeah lots to love Adovino still looks like he had his best stuff John Curtis got to kind of redeem himself in game four uh, and then it was really like the the middle relief guys that I were I was really impressed with. You mentioned Dennis Santana, who was a really late addition 
to the Mets bullpen. Steven Nagosik mopped up two innings yesterday, which was huge because the Mets are playing again today at two and are going to probably need their best guys against the Brewers. So all around, it was great. David Robertson getting two ninth inning appearances uh, kind of tells us what his role is going to be. It might still be a committee, but I think I feel best with probably David Robertson getting those save opportunities. It's his until it isn't. It's yeah. his, his. So that's how I feel. And But Brooks Raley, man. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. a, it's going to be uh, this. When's the last time we had a truly like, how many pitches does Brooks really have? Five pitches? Something, pretty much. Yeah. Something so crazy. He, he spent time in Korea as a starter and, right. and it shows like we all knew that sweeper was coming. I was even more impressed with it live because I know how hard it is to do that. Right. Um, but his fastball placement was, was awesome. And then he has that change up off of that. Like that's, that's, He's going to save some games for this team too, I think, especially yeah. kind of when when Harper gets back. I was going to say when have, the Phillies are in town, it might make a lot of sense. You have Schwarber uh, and Harper, like you know, either back to back or one hitter in between kind of thing. Yep, he's going to play a part because I love his matchup against Schwarber. I think that he he plays well against him. Who who is a uh, just yeah. So I, I really like. I was very impressed with the with the bullpen and they stepped up because it could have been a bad narrative. Yeah. They could have, they could have been like, oh, all right, we need to trade for somebody immediately. This is a, uh, it's all downhill, but they stepped up, man. I mean, as I, as I knew they would, but it, it, they shut it down immediately. We can talk about overreactions because you know, this series does kind of lend itself to one specific storyline, which I feel like, we should talk about, but if you want to talk about the good first, I'm also done. No, I think I, if you're talking about Escobar, right? I am talking about Eduardo Escobar. Uh, I think it's fair to talk about yeah. because it's it's as much as I don't enjoy it, it's a real thing because Beatty's going off in AAA. He continued from his hot spring, and Escobar got chewed up a little bit. Um, Granted, he got to face Alcantara, who is still the best pitcher in baseball, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, then he got to face Jesus Lazardo, who looks like an absolute weapon. I think he's a budding superstar. Ran out of gas in the sixth, but got away with it. So. But they both are changeup guys, and Escobar's nemesis is a changeup. And then he just kind of – I hope he doesn't press, but it's, it's a storyline, and we need to talk about it. I do think he was pressing a little bit in game four, specifically his last two at-bats where he kind of went down in four pitches, was swinging at you know some pretty poor pitch choices there. Um, and, yeah, I think it has to be in his head because it's kind of the, the worst storm for him with Brett Beatty opening the AAA season really, really well. Five for 14, two home runs, both off lefty pitchers, by the way, five RBI and a walk. And he had a great spring, obviously, and Eduardo didn't have a great spring, and I think that's kind of bleeding into his confidence here. He's going to get the day off today in the first day in Milwaukee, and hopefully that can be a reset for him. He'll get Wade Miley in the middle game, so he'll get to bat righty. That's the biggest thing. I need to see him hit from the right side because that's the thing we know he can do. And then the left side came late last year. But I think that, you know, it's going to get late early for Eduardo Escobar. I don't know how long this leash is going to be. Yeah, you. this is the, the way you summed it up in the notes is how long is the leash. And the answer is on him. Yeah. It's that's the that's the thing. And again, this is a competitive. This is a sport. It's competitive. You can. He still I still believe in in who he is, who he is as a player. I still think he's got plenty of thump left in that bat. Um, But if he doesn't turn it on a little bit, like not even turn it on, he doesn't have to get hot like he did last September. He just has to play himself if he doesn't start making consistent contact. I think that leash is going to continue to get shorter and shorter. You know, uh, my first instinct out of the gate was give him a month, give him the month of April. And if it's horrible, then they'll make the change regardless. But if he's the, they're Beatty's putting the pressure on him as you want to happen. Um, but I, yeah, it's not there yet, but it's definitely, it's definitely in everybody's thought process. Yeah. And Mets fans will, you know, they're going to overreact because that's just kind of the natural stasis of the fan base right now. Cause you know, this is a team with lofty expectations and it was kind of, you know, I think it was highlighted more because there was no real 
like Mets star hitter in this four game series, but everyone kind of did their part. Like Brandon Nemo had the three RBI in game one. Tommy Pham had a great game four. Pete Alonso came up with a home run. Jeff McNeil was pesky. Everyone kind of did their own part. And the glaring hole in the lineup was Eduardo Escobar, who went one for 16, played all four games, struck out seven times and left a lot of guys on base out of that eight hole. And it's exactly what you said. Eduardo Escobar does not need to be September Escobar, although we would love that if that were the case. But he needs to be league average. He needs to provide some pop. He needs to play a good third base. And if he can do those things, I think he'll stave off Beatty for a little bit longer. But even if Beatty does come up, Eduardo Escobar could be a really, really nice bench piece if that were to be the case as well. Uh, yeah, we're it's it's too early to talk about this, sure. The what his role would be if he does get shipped out. I think he would be more valuable to stay around Yeah, because he's. I don't see him getting bitter. He understands that the Mets are paying him. This is his team. If, if he loses his starting job, which it would be, he would yep. lose it. Like yep. he's been given the opportunity. He's a grown man. He can handle it. I think he would be a weapon off the bench and a good mentor as he's already been to Beatty. I think that's a, that's a, usually this would be ship him off, let him, let him go play somewhere else, you know, see what, see what they can get out of him. I, I don't think that would be it for him because a lot of guys can't handle this. Yeah. Um, and I think he's mature enough to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a Darren Ruff situation where it's a DFA or anything like that. You know, the Mets or even the- like a Dom Smith thing right. where it's not a you change know, Alonso shows up and takes his job, but then he's bitter because he's not getting his ABs. Right. I think Escobar would be a bench piece. Yeah, he is valuable to team morale. He's valuable to providing options for the Mets, whether it's a platoon or a bench. I mean, he's a switch hitter. Like that's an amazing piece to have off the bench or, you know, supplementing the infield. He's, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Like if Guillaume were a switch hitter, I think Guillaume would be playing like every day. Right. And I, you know, I think that it's not going to be a pressing issue, but you know, this will be something we're going to have to monitor for probably the yeah. next few weeks. Yep. Again, so right now, my my instinct for to answer your question, how long is the leash? Yeah. April. Yeah, I think that's when May, probably when the, fair. When the calendar flips, I think that's they're going to reassess. And if if it continues this poorly, which I don't think it will, and Beatty stays that hot, I could see it happening faster. Yeah, and I mean, so what? The Eduardo Escobar is going to get basically, you know. 25 more games to figure and we're four games in. So this is obviously an overreaction. We could Way be laughing at this in a week's time if he has a great week, but you know, it's worth mentioning because I think outside of Eduardo Escobar, the Mets lineup looked like they were in prime 2022 form in some of these games, especially with stringing together rallies and drawing walks and Tim LaCastro getting hit by two pitches and scoring two runs, which, you know, I got to shout out cause that's hilarious. Um, but everyone kind of did their part. Alonzo provided some pop. Uh, did anyone stand out to you uh, from the Mets lineup in these four games? Yeah, two guys. Uh, I mean, more than one guy stood out. Sure. Nothing like glaring, like, you know, we'll get to the apple. Yeah. Um, but I want to shout out Narvaez looked great. Yeah, how about it? Very good. Uh, Mark Canna, after an atrocious first two games, like, looked incredible the last two games. Yep. Uh, Starling Marte is so dynamic, looked awesome. And then uh, Tommy Pham, who had a horrible spring, had me sweating the whole time, came out <laughs> and played some good defense and really looked looked the part at the dish. Um, so Tommy Pham, you know, reassured us that this is what you think of when you when you're in spring training and you see a veteran guy struggling. You're like, he'll be fine. Yeah, this is he'll be fine. Yeah, I think the the thing I tweeted after his last hit in the last game was maybe we should all shut up about Tommy Pham, which is fair because I think we were all kind of over it. Why is he bad in leadoff? Why is he playing center field? I was doing the same thing. I get it. I still don't know why he was in leadoff, but it worked. It worked. Um, and Buck's smarter than me. And he stole the base. So, I mean, there is speed there, I guess. There is that element. Yeah, yeah. but again, um, he, he looked great. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if you saw, but apparently he credited uh, his eye doctor for fine-tuning his contact lenses right before the game on Friday, and apparently that's allowing him to see better at the plate than he did all of spring. Don't know how much to read into that, but that's definitely something. I mean, it's a sight. It's a real deal. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I like the guys you highlighted, especially Narvaez, because, you know, I don't want to kick beat down a dead horse or whatever, but I will say having something out of the nine hole is really nice. And I'm, I'm not going to, you know, name a name, but we all know who I'm talking about. Um, and it just, at times in the past two years, it felt like a black hole down there. And to see 
even if it didn't result in a run, just the line moving, even when it gets to the yeah, night hole, was really nice. Yeah, just to see uh, the potential of a thing yeah. happening. Yeah, no, I get it. You weren't the only one that felt that. Yeah. Like, uh, I saw quite a bit on Twitter. Yeah, I, people are like, I think it's oh, fair. it's reassuring. We wish him well. You know, I hope yeah. he does well in Baltimore because I like. Oh yeah, shout out to Timmy Lo Castro. How about it? I didn't realize that this team is full of guys that just love getting hit by a baseball. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, he Cohen fits the mold perfectly. About, like, his rate of hits on his career, oh. he would break every record. It's insane. Wait, let me pull it up. So I, I really love that. I, th- I think Keith highlighted it, that Tim LaCastro um, most certainly – leans into pitches, but he's very, very good at making it seem like he's trying to get out of the way. Yeah, so he, like, turns but sticks his elbow out. <laughs> yeah, so you're moving, whole but you're body, moving. But yeah, you're moving elbow. toward. He, by the way, if I hit him and he was doing that, yeah. I would hit him again the next at-bat, <laughs> but make sure that it hits him in a place. I swear to God. So that's gamesmanship, yeah. but you're, you're – that bothers me as a pitcher. Oh, like uh, Dietrich. Remember Derek Dietrich? Yeah, I do. He used to do that, too. And – bothered me all the time because swing the bat if i hit you that's fine if if i throw a ball inside and you don't get out of the way that's fine too like i that's my fault but if i throw a ball over the plate and you pretend and you stick your elbow out over the plate a la michael conforto (laughs) uh if you do that regularly i'm gonna have a problem with that because i think that's yuck baseball but uh again this is what lacastro does this is his kind of grindy role, and it fits perfectly into what the Mets are trying to do. Not only does his defense and speed play up, but but that kind of at bat over what Darren Ruff was providing, right? Uh, it's it's a great supplement for this team, and it, and it and it makes the roster like more complete. Yeah, I mean the speed dynamic was huge. He was actually one of the guys that didn't steal a base this weekend. We saw Marte and Nemo and Fam all take one. But he got hit by a pitch twice in the last game and came around to score both times. So there's value in just getting on base there. Uh, what you mentioned before, he has 39 hit by pitches and 552 career plate appearances. That would be the fifth most all time in a regular season. But all the seasons I have here are like 1898 and like 1897. So was, it would be a <laughs> modern record, essentially. So that's Tim exactly. Castro. That's Timmy Low Ball, baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, is there anything else you want to highlight before we get to our first Apple of the year? Um, I want to say a a few things. One, uh, Max Scherzer had a a lot on his shoulders because of, of Verlander going down. Scherzer looked incredible. He, he gave up that three run Homer, but he was dominant throughout, um, so I was very impressed by what I saw from Scherzer. He he looked very good. You know, the, his year last year was amazing. Like, his numbers were crazy. Yeah, we talked about it in the PPP. It was like, wow, I don't remember it being that good. It didn't feel dominant like that because it was few and far between in that fastball. But he had good zip on his fastball, and he was he just – he looked good. Um, Lindor's defense – unbelievable yeah Yeah. unbelievable he Lindor did his thing at the plate but what he did in the field with the banning of the shifts he made he's always been kind of his drawback defensively was his arm strength Mm. and he does still doesn't have the greatest arm but he gets himself into position to throw releases it quickly and makes all the plays yeah like there was plays up the middle that he made there plays to his right in the hole towards third base where he planted and threw what a pleasure to watch that guy play baseball every day. It looks like he's having like a lot of fun out there, like actually playing the natural shortstop position and having to make these like tough throws. I mean, the Tyler McGill one, he basically saved his line because Brian De La Cruz lines one basically in the hole. It would be a single against basically every other team, but Lindor picks it and just makes it look so easy with that long throw. Uh, he yeah. looked great. I mean, he he's just the defense in general. Um, Marte had a, 
a misplay in right that a turned into a triple. Misplay. That was, a that bad was bad. That, the, that should be an error. There was a bunch of guys that had some issues in the outfield. Yeah. Like, you know, Jazz we'll talk about. I think he's – he got – he first of all, it's uncomfortable to play center field for your first time ever in the big league. It's not but, his fault. Like, I, we should say that. Also, the first one, Nimmo's, Nimmo's hit that he misplayed, Nimmo – smash that ball yeah that is that is a not jazz's fault nimmo hit that ball way harder than he should have been able to hit that ball like that was a good pitch he went down and got it so naturally your instinct would be especially with jazz's speed is i can cut this off and it just scooted so that one wasn't his fault he got uh kind of aired out on the broadcast but i don't think but he did make some some other mistakes, but he made the routine once, which I think is, you know, worth mentioning, but it's his first time playing yeah. the position professionally. He didn't play it at all in the minor leagues and the Marlins roster, which I do want to say, I am a, I'm, I'm a fan of the Marlins. They're going to, they're going to have, they're going to be good. They look they, like they they're need some, much their better than last is, year. is meh. I like puck back there. I, 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 I thought he looked really good. Honestly. I yeah, mean, Alonzo swung of, first pitch. I'm a fan him. of, of his, but, um, McNeil made a play. Yeah, uh, the throw home was awesome. It was incredible. So that play, the throw home, it goes off of Pete's glove. So there's a runner on second. Yeah. It goes off Pete's glove. McNeil goes and he slides to stop the ball and keep it on the infield because normally that would shut down the runner at third from going home. So that he didn't do his first year or two. Right. That ball would get through. Um, so he stopped that, but he also in that whole process, remember that it's John birdie who's speedy Mm. at third. So he's going to keep going. So he makes this play turns and throws and fires it saves a run, saves the game. Like the Mets defense made some plays. So that was awesome to see. This was a really fun series because I think the defense on both sides was really, really good. Like Jorge Soler had a fantastic game too where he stole the spot. And like he's not a good defensive right fielder by metrics, but he looked great out there. Uh, The new Marlins infield is awesome. Arias is going to be so annoying this year on both sides of the ball. First of all, offensively, the guy has a shot at 400. Dude, it's insane. second base. It's crazy. He good. Yeah. He no, they a got a real good piece away. there. That's a really that's a good trade for the Marlins, honestly. I agree. Because they don't need you know, Pablo Lopez. They got good starting pitching. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Gene it's, Segura it's looked pretty, good at third. That was his first time playing there, I think. Um, Joey Wendell at short, I thought wouldn't be a fit, but he looked comfortable. He looked and then fine. Garrett Cooper, how about it? He was picking it at first base too. So the Marlins, I he think did. they're fielding. If he can stay healthy, oh, gosh, he's annoying. Yeah, they, they were Cooper. just annoying. They were just yeah. Annoying. Like he got one thrown and he's like staring down the pitcher. I'm like, dude, relax, <laughs> relax. Come on. But he's so good and he yeah. can rake his, his issue is staying healthy. He did make some plays at first. Um, who was, who was at first after him? Who was the other? Oh, um, okay. Oh, uh, Yuli Gurriel. Yuli, yeah. who's, who's a, a really good first baseman, just dropped the ball. Like yeah, did you see the, the pickoff attempt where Yuli got ready to field and then the throw came over and he just was yeah. not ready at all? He was a late addition over there, so yeah. he's still kind of getting his feet wet. But um, they're going to be pesky because they can they can pitch, man. Sandy Alcantara, we all know what he's capable of doing. Yeah. Um, if Jesus Lazardo can stay healthy, that guy looks amazing. Mm-hmm. He looks He's throwing 100 from the left side with a nasty changeup curveball. Looks good. Uh, they got some. They got some team. They got some firepower. So I'm very curious to see how they do towards like like against some of the more middle of the pack teams because I yeah. do think they'll they'll be much better than they were last year. I think the bullpen they're pesky, improved. man. They're, they are. they're pesky. I they think can string gonna, together. They're going to be. They're the they're the fourth best team in our division, but they're competitive. Like the Nationals are not competitive. This team is competitive. And they could be the third. You know, Phillies got swept. Just saying. all right i think it's time we give our uh we give our awards out but before before we do that jerry we have another what would be uh our second of two i mean what do we say what do we call it sponsor sponsors that's Jerry's first ad read sponsors this is my first sponsor read (laughs) this one is hello fresh HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your door. Skip the checkout line because HelloFresh has dinner covered. 
HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from each week. Looking for more ways to save this spring? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. No worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen. HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. True story, we have HelloFresh. They sent us some free meals, you know, just for this prep. Didn't need them. I took them. Uh, they taught me how to cook, basically, because, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like I travel all around, you know, obviously in, in baseball and I you can't keep ingredients in, fresh while you're traveling every five days from someplace else. And so when HelloFresh came around, I was like, cool, I always wanted to cook. And so I started following their recipes um, to the T, like I can read instructions and follow now I'm starting to riff on them a little bit. I'll add, I'll be like, Ooh, I want a little spice here. So I'll throw in some, you know, red pepper flake or whatever the case may be. Uh, but it all starts with having the proper ingredients. Go to hellofresh.com slash Shea 50 for 50% off. Plus your first box ships free. That's hellofresh.com slash Shea 50 and start using America's number one meal kit today. Look at you go, Jerry Blevins a natural. Unnatural. Couldn't think of sponsor, but uh, I got it. <laughs> you got stage fright right before. That was great. I yeah. was just like, what's this word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> HelloFresh was really, really good. We got three meals from them, and they were all easy to make, like 30-minute cooks and delicious. So very glad they're partnering with us. For, yeah, uh, me too. That's a fun one. A few episodes this season. All right, Jerry, do you want to do the first apple, or should I? I want you to. I want you to take the first one. Right, I think mine's right. obvious, so I. I think yours is a little. We might double up. I don't know. We we're might, not going to double. I'll pivot. Double up. All right, pivot. Uh, I'm doing the guy that's on my shirt today. The Kodai Sanga shirt. Kodai Sanga had an excellent MLB debut, and I think it's made all the more sweet by how how he battled back after that really shaky start to it where I was very, very nervous for him. Uh, five and a third innings, one earned run, three hits, three walks, eight strikeouts. Most of that came in the first inning. After the fact, all those strikeouts came uh, in the second through fifth. He was spectacular. The Mets kind of kept him on a tighter pitch count, but he looked great after he settled in. He had a seven-pitch third inning. All of his strikeouts were on that ghost fork, generated plenty of whiffs uh, with the slot, uh, sweeper as well. He just looked great. It was very, very reassuring, I think, for Mets fans everywhere who don't know when exactly we'll see Justin Verlander for the first time this season, but can know that you'll get a great start out of Max Scherzer and probably Kodai Senga now because he looked absolutely fantastic. He gets the apple of my eye. Well-deserved, Kodai. And just, like, the coolest name. Oh, come on. Kodai? What a cool name. They said it so much on the broadcast, too. They did. I would have too. Uh, I want to give a shout out before I pick mine. My shout out is for Starling Marte. Yeah. He went five for 14, had a run scored, a double, an RBI, those two stolen bases, which I think I'm shooting for 40 from him. Dude, him. I mean, he's uh, going a lot. It looks good. Yeah, she looks good. He's so dynamic, man. He's he's such a presence. Uh, having him at the at, in the two spot. In right field, he did have a blunder that that cost a, a run, but he made a good throw. That first of all, the I wanted to the replay ruined what could have been a, an amazing time for the Mets. Like mm. it could have changed the outcome a couple of times. Uh, we'll talk about that before we close out how we thought the the feel of the rules yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but Marte shout out, but the my apple goes to the New York Mets bullpen. I knew it have to know it right off the bat you get a safe situation you have three innings left you get drew smith who comes in and gets a runner on and then dominates with that fastball then you get brooks raley who's the the lefty coming in and just looks unhittable and then david robertson comes in shows some poise and gets the save they go perfect one two three and then from there, they only gave up one run and 12 and two-thirds. It was a solo shot by Jazz Chisholm. They gave up six hits, 15 punch-outs, and only three walks. It was a stellar performance. One that was the biggest question mark with Edwin Diaz's injury. It was a, a talking point. And if they blow that first game, we're having a completely different conversation because it would be how long is the leash for Eduardo Escobar mm -hmm. and how long do we have to wait for them to trade for Bednar or Alexis Diaz, which right. I hope they don't do. Um, but 
I wanted to shout out the bullpen. They are the apple of my eye. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the two most deserving. A lot of Mets bats did their thing. Tommy Pham was good. Mark Canna had his game. Alonzo homered. But yeah, it came down to the pitching, and the Mets pitching showed up in a big way uh, against a Marlins lineup that looked a lot more formidable than it did this time last year. Uh, so really encouraging start. And um, before we jump to the series probables, I do want to, you know, go back to what you were saying before. Just the overall feeling of the game itself, you know, the watching experience. How was it in, in your eyes? Uh, it was good. I, I love the pitch clock. I love the fact that the game speeds along. You know, we had a, we had a two hour and nine minute full game, yeah, yeah, um, we did. a little bit too fast for my liking, mm-hmm. but I liked it. We did have some blunders though, with, with Pete Alonso not getting back and the umpires calling a strike in a pivotal point yeah. where McNeil's up. It was unnecessary and they were wrong. And then they had that after Kodai came out, they had a strike three called, um, and he didn't have to throw a pitch. So that was a point where I hope those go away. So yeah. this is how I, I've said it a few times now, and I think it fits perfectly. I want them to call the game, especially later, that that shot clock violation. I want them to do it like the NFL calls holding penalties. Mm. Unless it's egregious, don't throw the flag. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't need you to stop. The barrier's there because players were taking double that. So if you can shrink that down to where it's got a little bit of a buffer zone on either side, especially in big moments, especially late in the game where the, the pitches matter a little bit more, let the drama build. I don't want to see interruptions from, from the umpires, but it was necessary. And I really like the pace of play now. Yeah. I think it's partially making an example out of some people like, like, Hey, like, get used to this because it's going to be around. Everyone's learning around you. You know, other guys didn't get any violations in this series, so you can too. Uh, as per the viewing experience, on opening day, I was watching seven games at one time, and it was really great because everywhere I looked, a pitch was being thrown. Something was happening because all the games are moving at the same pace. I think some guys are going to have to, you know, get accustomed to it. We saw some former Mets really struggle uh, in their first outing with the pitch clock yesterday. Um, like who? I don't – you're going to make me name the name? Yeah. Uh, Chris Bassett got lit up for nine runs in three innings in his uh, Blue Jays debut. And that's a guy that I know. it was because of the pitch comp? The one or... thing I remember about Chris Bassett is that he was very methodical before pitches. He has six pitches to sift through. He was a very slow worker, and I think that this is something that's probably affecting him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am I would be surprised if it was because of the pitch clock, but I think uh, he's a pro. He should be able to, to iron it out. Right. So I think. Yeah. And I think it's going to be the adjustment period probably in the first two weeks for a lot of the guys that have been in the big leagues for a while and have no real yeah. experience with this. But in terms of the viewing experience, I really liked it. I mean, game two was a bad Mets game and was also very fast. So you can take it one way of, okay, they lost quicker, so that's nice. But also it kind of felt like it flashed through in a really quick second. You know, two hours and nine minutes is a very fast game. That's ridiculous. But the average time of game so far this year is two hours and 40 minutes. So it's basically just a a trimmed down version of what we had last year, which was three hours and eight minutes. I got that from uh, Buster Olney after the first three games of the season. Um, so I think it's for the best and I think guys will get more custom and you'll see less and less of those violations. Yep. Uh, I also love the banning of the shift. Yeah. Uh, I love that. We got to see, we got to see some great plays on defense. We got to see balls that were, were hit into the shift that are actually base hits. Now we got to see a lot more dribblers where you get, you know, base hits are base hits past each other. Yeah. It's just better. It's baseball. Yeah. Hitters are, are going to, I, I just like that. What do you think about it? I loved it. And I mean, you know, it really highlights which teams thrive defensively and which teams do not. Like we kind of saw that around the league a little bit. Like the Cardinals are going to benefit a lot from this because they have great infield defense. The Mets are going to as well. The Marlins improve their infield defense, so they're going to benefit from it. Uh, and in terms of that and also, you know, the bigger bases and pickoff rules, a ton more stolen bases this year yeah. already. It's like an element of the game that's returning to baseball, which has kind of been, you know, in the back ways for about the past decade or so. I think you're going to see a lot of guys swipe 40 this year, guys that we know are fast and are also faces of the game kind of returning to stolen base prowess. So in terms of the changes to the game outside of the pitch clock, I really enjoyed all of them. Yep. I don't I don't miss the number of pickoff attempts. Like I, I, I hope I don't want to talk about it anymore yeah. unless they do two. 
Um, I don't. Did I, did I see anyone use all of their pickoff attempts? Did that happen? And like, yeah, there was a couple guys okay. that picked over twice. Um, Peterson did it. Yeah. Um, I want to say Scherzer did it once. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a. I don't want to hear about any of the changes anymore. I just want them to play in those parameters, and yes. we can just watch baseball. Totally I think agree. it's coming. It's very close, but I love seeing stolen bases. I love seeing great defense. I love seeing pitchers move quicker. It's just a better product to consume. I enjoy it. It's so fast. Like yeah. when I was in the booth for spring training games, literally couldn't keep a scorebook. Yeah, Howie said it was like calling a hockey game, and I think he's, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't write down, especially when we were pitching, and that's you know my kind of bread and butter, and I got to evaluate. Yeah. I have no like I would be like looking at game day going oh, okay what happened you know <laughs> catching back up but you know in pre and post it's fun to to follow along yeah. I, it's just it's baseball it's mm-hmm. like the better brand of baseball and it's weird to say because I was a part my whole career was in the slow era and it just kept getting slower yep um I don't miss it I don't miss the 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 slowness uh, again I don't ever want an umpire to step in and call strike three on a guy for it yep unless he's being you know being stupid and not near it if he's getting into the box don't don't call it again you're making an example but you did it in spring training just just give me a little bit of buffer zone that way guys get get in there it's you watch mike mark canna yeah is just locked in and he's in there and it's just better yeah i agree um, I think you summed it up well, man. And uh, it makes me excited to watch a baseball game in three hours because the Mets are playing Milwaukee like right after we're done recording, which is pretty cool. So uh, I wanted to talk about Scherzer looked amazing. Yep. Uh, David Peterson showed poise. He he wasn't he didn't have his his control down, but he also only walked one guy. Yep. And he trusted that defense behind him, and he made pitches when he needed to. Uh, Tyler McGill. Um, it was weird. I think he pitched really well. I didn't see the elite stuff that I, I thought we might again. He had glimpses of it, but I was very, uh, you know, I was pleased to see how he pitched. And then Kodai was was great after that first inning. I'm really excited to see what Cookie brings today. Yeah. Um, so that that'll be there, and then they they just turn it back over. So Scherzer will be back. You want to take me through Mets first Milwaukee? Yeah, here we go. Mets in Milwaukee. They'll be playing in a dome again, thank goodness, because it's cold <laughs> up in the north. Game one is Cookie Carrasco versus Freddie Peralta. Willie Adames, seven for nine with a homer against Cookie. Pay attention to that one. Lindor is one for three with a homer against Peralta. And Carrasco was solid in his four spring starts. He went 13 innings, gave up uh, just over a four ERA on 12 hits and 14 punches to only two walks. And Peralta threw seven-plus innings in the start just once last year, so expect them to get into the bullpen early. Mm. That brings us to game two, Max Scherzer's second start of the season versus Wade Miley. Victor Caratini, the catcher, is seven for 15 with a homer off Max Scherzer. I expect him to get a start. Uh, Starling Marte, nine for 22. Lindor, five for 13. And Pete Alonso, three for six with a homer. All like facing Wade Miley, the lefty. Scherzer in Milwaukee uh, in September of last year went six shutout, no hit, no walk, nine Ks in the clinching game that sent the the Mets to the playoffs. And then Scherzer in his career at Miller Park. I don't know if it's Miller Park anymore. Oh, it's not. It's American Family Field. American Family Field. Uh, That's okay, Jolly. It's still, you know, it's early. Uh, He's got (laughs) 39 career innings pitched in Milwaukee, which is really like a significant uh, bit. He has a 2.31 ERA and 55 strikeouts to only eight walks with a .77 career whip there, which is saying something because that ballpark is not pitcher friendly. That is right. That brings us to game three, David Peterson, the big lefty versus Corbin Burns, the angry man after his arbitration case got (laughs) knocked around a little bit in his first start, but he was my pick for the National League Cy Young. We'll see if he can bounce back. Willie Adames, it's a, you know, their, their dynamic shortstop and Brian Anderson both have multiple hits off Peterson. Pete Alonso is four for 12 and McNeil's four for 13 and have home runs off Corbin Burns. That was a big one for Pete. Hit some good pitches off Burns last year. Yes, sir. Peterson yielded nine base runners in just five innings of worth against Miami, but worked his way through those jams. Uh, Last year versus Milwaukee, he had two games. 
He went four and two thirds, gave up five earned runs on six hits, three walks, and only four Ks. The Cubs beat Burns on opening day with four hits and four runs and three walks. Mm-hmm. Burns against Miami last year, two starts, one and one, 11 and two thirds innings, seven earnings on 12 hits, one walk, and 12 Ks. And in the matchup, Scherzer beat Burns in the playoff clinching game last September. Nicely done, Jerry. First that of the year. That is the three game set. You know, Miller Park just sounds better than American Family Field. I couldn't agree with you more. It just sounds better. You know, Cleveland is progressive field, but in my head, it's Jacobs Field because that's what it was. Exactly. Like, they rename them, but we can just call it whatever we want. They have no power It's the truth. You know, that's only paid advertising for a little bit. A lot of matchups to like here. The Mets have hit Corbin Burns well uh, in in recent team history. Uh, the Brewers lineup kind of was quiet against the Cubs, so that could work out for our pitching staff, which has looked good so far. Uh, very curious to see how Cookie Carrasco does in his first start. Curious to see how long he goes, but he's going to be a big piece going forward. Uh, and Max Scherzer versus, you know, Wade Miley should be an interesting matchup. Scherzer had a great game here last year, you know, kind of the iconic start of last year. Six perfect innings. Uh, the Mets are looking good for the series in Milwaukee, and then they'll finally be back home for another set with the Fish. Yeah, Milwaukee won two games in in Chicago. They they played pretty well. They yeah. showed that they're still you know pretty good. Yelich, uh, he's their key piece there. Are you going to get 18, 2018, 2019 version of of Christian Yelich ever again? Uh, I'm not sure, um, but you know you have guys. William Contreras, the old Atlanta Brave, is there. Um, Rowdy Telez, you got. Um, Bryce Turang, who's you know a young guy, 23 years old, looking pretty good, and mm. of course uh, Willie Adames, like just a just a beast. And they have Jesse Winker, who who I think is a great pickup for them. Yeah, because he can't, he went to Seattle and became a castaway, uh, and they get another left-handed uh, guy off the bench or a left-handed bat in that lineup. Um, and then we know they can pitch, even though they don't have Josh Hader. They got Devin Williams back there. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, that bullpen always finds a way. They find a way. They know how to do it. Yeah. Should be a good series. Three-gamer takes us through Wednesday, and then we're Thursday home opener. You'll be there working. I'll be there as a fan. Should be a good time. And I think that's all we got for episode 151, the first one of the regular season, man. I'm excited for 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 baseball, but I'm also excited for some of our – we're going to come up with some merch. I want to do a single oh. merch. We got to – we got it. We recently got an MLBPA license, so we can start, you know, throwing names on our shirts. We can start, you know, getting really funky with the designs. So, plenty is coming. But you know, rock this Senga shirt for now if you want it. I'm for it. Somebody asked for multiple colors. Maybe we can make that. happen. Yeah, we're working too. it out. Yeah, I, I DM the guy actually. We're working it out. Oh, nice. Yeah, I interact. Come on. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's go Mets. We'll see you again on Thursday for a new episode. Could be a busy week. I'll see you back. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.